Hi, I'm Lauren Clash-Schneider with Clash Notes from Broadway Radio. I'm here with Greg Mosgola, actor in Manhattan Theatre Club's production of Cost of Living at Samuel J. Friedman. Hello and welcome. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Hi, uh, you bet. We appreciate your time. Now, the play Cost of Living is an, described as an honest original work that invites audiences to examine deser- diverse perceptions of privilege and human connection through two pairs of mismatched individuals, a former trucker and his recent paralyzed ex-wife, and an arrogant young man with cerebral palsy and his caregiver. Talk about your character for a moment. Sure. Well, I play the uh, arrogant young man, (laughs) John, who is a wealthy um, PhD candidate uh, at Princeton. Um, And he hires a young woman named Jess uh, to be his caretaker. Um, and the story is really the development of their uh, relationship um, and how they how they develop uh, the sort of vocabulary and fluency, both uh, verbally and physically um, working together throughout the course of the play. Mm-hmm. And the play, of course, was written by Martina Mayoke, who received the Pulitzer Prize for Drama in 2018 for it. You first performed it in 2016 at Williamstown. Then again at MTC in 2018, where you won the Lucille Lortel Award. And here you are in the current revival. Will you talk about your evolution with the character and the material throughout these years? Sure. I actually uh, performed this role before 2016. That was the first full-length production. And the show actually began as a one-act uh, around 2013-2014 at Ensemble Studio Theater. Oh. And it was called John, who moved here from Cambridge. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, there are four scenes between Jess and John in the full-length version, but that one act was uh, was three scenes um, that kind of detailed the relationship over three months. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, so it's been uh, an incredible journey. I think very few actors get an opportunity to sort of be in a play from its, pretty much its inception all the way to to the Great White, Great White Way, which is really fantastic. Um, and as an actor, um, I have cerebral palsy and the character John has cerebral palsy as well. Um, my case, uh, isn't as severe as his, um, but it was also an incredible opportunity and and gift to be able to inhabit a character that had, uh, similar life circumstances, uh, like my own, uh, and the process of kind of developing and building the character has been, um, for me, very interesting, uh, in terms of his physicality and his personality which I think are incredibly intertwined. Um, but for me, it's been it's been a journey of doing less and less and less every time mm. um, and really focusing on not how disabled John is, but how human John is. And that's been the real journey for me as, as the actor. Mm. What, a, what a time. Um, and thank you for giving us that history and incredible unique opportunity. And of course, so rare. The play is again directed by Joan Bonney and co-stars Katie Sullivan. How have these past five years, since the three of you might have been working on it, changed your collective approach to the work? Well, I think we've all been changed um, due to the pandemic uh, and uh, just the world has changed dramatically. Um, You know, we've had... um, an upheaval in healthcare and society, our politics, you know, um, 
is shifting dramatically and everything feels a little more dangerous than than it has i think um uh from in my adult life i would say um i feel like we're at a really um tipping point or a, a, a knife edge moment in history to see how this world goes i think what the play people are responding to this play in a really fantastic way post-pandemic because i think of the themes that the play touches on and that that need for human connection um there's a line i think that really resonates at the end of the play in the last scene between uh, jess and eddie um eddie says so we're neighbors Mm. And it's just a simple statement, but I think, you know, we are all, I think over the last few years, everything became sort of hyper-localized and we discovered, you know, uh, all we had was ourselves, our immediate family units or ourselves to rely on or the people next door, right, for such a long time as we were in that isolation. Um, and I think the play really speaks to that and re- audiences have been really responding to that post-pandemic. And as far as our kind of the approach and working together in the room, it's been a really, again, another wonderful gift uh, as an actor to be with the same creative team, uh, essentially, uh, since the beginning. Um, And of course, we have the wonderful additions uh, in this Broadway production of uh, David Zayas and the phenomenal Carrie Young. I mean, they're both phenomenal, but all my scenes are with Kara, uh, who is just a powerhouse of a of an actor and a human being and just a joy uh to work with and we are actually neighbors we are literally neighbors she <laughs> lives up the block from me um so it's just been um just having the opportunity to just refine and refine and refine over all these years i think we've we've really fine-tuned it um in a way that is something special and i think broadway has not quite seen before mm. Well, the New York Times says about cost of living, this outstanding work of art breaks your heart, drags you through hurt, and then kisses you on the forehead, sending you off with a laugh. How do you respond to that? I think that Times review is one of the best reviews I've ever read, mm. ever, hands down. It made me cry. Like mm. I, I was like shedding tears of <laughs> mm-hmm. joy, literally, uh, reading it on opening night um, mm. in, in the bar. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's absolutely true. I think there's Martina writes a lot about class and economics and these intense basic human needs. Um, so I think there's a universe universality in that. Um, I also think there's something about my experience as a disabled individual, right, in the world. Um, in a sense, I'm always in relationship to an audience. I'm always on stage because I'm always negotiating uh, people's looks and stares and and that gaze, you know, um, and in that constantly in that social interaction. So I think theater is a wonderful art form because it is a form of flesh and blood, right? To put that into practice, right? And to spectacularize the attention i get on a daily basis Mm. um and so because what it does gives people for the hour and 30 minutes hour 45 that i'm on you know stage in this play it gives people an opportunity to look at me right and they're seeing a uh a a disabled man a real disabled man Mm -hmm. who's intelligent and witty and sexy and fallible you know, and people have to deal with 
that reality um, in a new way, right? So this play is really confronting this sort of dominant practice of, you know, um, which has been casting non-disabled people in disabled roles. Um, and I think, I think it's, the play is, is all of those things. You know, that review also said this play was worth its weight in gold. And mm -hmm. also I think something to the effect of like, you'll laugh a lot, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that that's the thing that I think people are finding as well. The play is also incredibly funny and often with heartbreak, you know, um, I, there's a there's a current of grief that runs through this play. Um, I mean, it opens with Eddie delivering this monologue where he's dealing with the death of his wife, mm -hmm. the recent death of his wife, Ani. Um, and, you know, I just, uh, fortunately, in my own life, uh, I haven't been to that many funerals, but I have never laughed more in my life uh, than with family and friends and loved ones. Um when at funerals, when we're dealing with grief and trying to process that, um, and that kind of humor that comes from the daily struggle that we're all in for our lives, I think is is something that this play and Martina's genius taps into in a, in a real incredible way. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. You're the founding artistic director of a company dedicated to works that explore and illuminate the disabled experience. Will you tell us about the company, the name of the company, and what that name actually means. Sure. So my company is called The Apothete. Um, and actually, the name of the company was inspired by a disabled playwright named John Beluso, who uh, passed away, unfortunately, in 2006. He was actually working on a play of his at the public um, when he passed away. Uh, and he was a friend of mine uh, and a mentor. Um, for the time that I knew him. And um, the Apathite is actually from one of his plays called The Rules of Charity, which I was fortunate enough to be in um, the off-Broadway premiere of in 2007. Um, but the Apathite was an actual place in ancient Sparta in Greece. Um, and if you're not aware, the Spartans had a very particular worldview, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it was a militaristic society mm -hmm. uh, and physical perfection and physical fitness uh, was primary. So if somebody was born uh, disabled or um, different, they were literally put into a hole, a chasm in the ground. And this that place was called the Apothete. Mm -hmm. And it roughly translates to the place of exposure. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm, I'm trying to play on that double entendre of <laughs> shedding light into dark places, um, looking at the, I, the individual and collective um, histories and identities of disabled people um, mm -hmm. all the way as far back as you know uh, ancient Greece through the modern era and uh, and today um, to see who are our history you know what is our history and how do we make that history visible who are our heroes who are our villains um, uh, where do we come from um, as a people and uh, as a network of communities um, because again, much like cost of living, again, this is one of the first plays that I think has a real, real authentic uh, representation of uh, disabled people and through uh, Ani and John, mm -hmm. um, someone who was born with a disability and someone who acquires or transitions into disability later in life uh, due to accident. Um, so if we've always been here, um, 
deaf and disabled people since the dawn of humanity. You know, we must have a rich cultural history. We must have a wealth of stories to tell. Um, and theater is just the main, you know, art form uh, and vehicle with which I am, am implementing to kind of make those stories and make those histories visible. Mm. Thank you for that and your commitment to the art form and the shedding of light and the bringing the history to it from the past and the current and as we go forward. Mm -hmm. And we so appreciate your time today, Greg. Thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. I'm Lauren Klaas Schneider with Greg Mosgola, actor in Manhattan Theater Club's production of Cost of Living at the Samuel J. Friedman Theater. Thank you. Thank you.